0: Going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR.
1: Greetings and salutations, friends. Hope all is well with you and yours this Easter long weekend. Before we get started, just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for listening to the show and the podcast. We are so grateful for you turning to us here at 770 CHQR and across Canada on the Chorus Radio Network to get the information you need on the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, thank you. Now on to this week's podcast. We are once again highlighting some of the stories of community building and positivity with Second Harvest Food Rescue, the Alberta Ghostbusters, Inspired Go, Cedar Grip, and a young lady trying to get letters sent to secluded seniors. And at the end of the podcast, I'll share a letter I wrote to my family's upcoming edition. We're going to start things off this week talking mental health. It's been a few weeks now, and as I said on the show, the initial surge of adrenaline can feel like it's wearing off now the reality and severity of the situation is starting to settle in, there is an online program for that. This is the Calgary Today podcast. Hopefully all is well with you and yours. If it's not, if you're feeling a little anxious, if you're feeling a little stressed out, Green Shield Canada has introduced a new program digitally called Stronger Minds. And Joe Blomley is joining us, uh, Green Shield's EVP individual, uh, public sector and mental health. And and Joe, I want to start off with, give us a bit of a, a sense as to what this new program is all about.
2: So Stronger Minds is an important program in that it is free. It's available to any Canadian, and it's based on the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy. So as we're going through this incredibly difficult time um, with the COVID crisis, what stronger minds will provide Canadians that use it is the tools in the toolkit that will help them develop some of the foundational skills that you get out of CBT. So that's recognizing and changing unhelpful thinking patterns, uh, building resiliency and developing personal coping strategies.
1: How long has this been in the works for you?
2: So we started working on it with Beacon, the provider of the service, about two weeks ago. So when the COVID crisis really took hold and we started realizing that mental health, uh, that people's mental health would be significantly impacted by this, we started looking into what we could do uh, on a scaled up basis and nationally. So uh, it's been about two weeks and uh, we officially launched it this morning.
1: How impressed are you that something was able to be put together in that short amount of time?
2: Well, i got to give all the credit over to the folks at Beacon. Um, Obviously, we're supporting the program financially, and we've been a long-time partner to Beacon for a number of years. So we're an investor in the company and also been working with them since they launched in 2017. But uh, i got to give all the credit to the Beacon team in terms of getting uh, their clinicians lined up to support this, to making sure that the technology was scaled up and ready to take the, the, the volume of people that will likely hop on the site. And then more importantly, for taking the time in in short duration and putting together the modalities that will be required to help people get through this uh this segmented approach to mental health
1: so people go to mindbeacon.com stronger minds what should they be expecting
2: So they are going to have, through this program, access to some of Canada's top mental health clinicians. Uh, It's going to give them access to timely videos and quick reads from mental health experts, activities like workbooks to help them gain resiliency. And there's also going to be an opportunity to ask questions of these expert clinicians and have them respond within a day around uh, around, uh, a variety of mental health issues. So the focus for the program will obviously be on broad resiliency training as it, related, as it relates to COVID-19, but they're also going to look at some specific issues, include, including nurturing kids uh, during times of crisis, mental well-being, better sleep, acceptance and mindfulness, as well as building resiliency.
1: How important was it for you to be able to have that ability to be responsive as well? That You mentioned that whole uh, being able to have an answer within a day kind of aspect because mental health is such an individual situation.
2: Well, it's, it's incredibly important, right, especially with how fluid the situation is. People are getting new pieces of news all the time. Um, it's, it's highly complex. You've got, obviously, the health-related concerns, the economic consequences of the crisis, and, uh, you know, people are being inundated with information. So we wanted to ensure that, uh, that the people that are using this platform had the ability to get their questions answered ASAP and that they had a steady, predictable um, foundation of support to help them get through Um, The various things that are kind of being thrown at them as this crisis continues to persist.
1: How important was it for you as well to be able to create something that is, I'll call it a one stop shop, but somewhere where people can go to and and regardless of what um, stage they might be in, I'll call it the coping uh, game here because it is so fluid and because almost by the week moods will change because of the realization of the quote unquote new
2: reality. It was incredibly important. Mental health uh, and mental health services at the best of times is highly fragmented in Canada. Um, If you think about on a good day, the challenges somebody would go through in terms of finding the appropriate support. Um, One of the discussions that Greenshield's been involved in for a number of years and Beacon's been involved in for a number of years is finding a way to create a much more coordinated system so that um there's almost a kind of concierge fear concierge feel to to getting services so that people don't get lost as they're as they're trying to find the appropriate level of support so i'm not going to say that this program right now is the panacea and that we've checked the box and solved it but it's a really good first step in terms of pulling um not just high level mental health support and advice together into one platform but it also um, links you up to some of the other services that Beacon provides, including direct internet cognitive behavioral therapy services. So it's a step in the right direction. I'm hoping that what we see coming out of this crisis is a greater focus from governments, private sector mental health providers, and others in the system to pull it together to recognize that it's the end user that's trying to seek help that we should really be focusing on as we, uh, as we build out our solutions in the future.
1: Do you feel as well that we were already in the midst of maybe a, a mental health crisis of sorts and maybe this is something that does actually push this to the forefront it is something that uh, a lot of people talk about on a day-to-day basis is just the need to be able to talk about it, and yet it's still kind of one of those things that we're not really, it's kind of under the radar.
2: It is. Like, you have programs programs like Bell Let's Talk and others that have done, I think, an excellent job of bringing mental health issues to the forefront. Um, they have reduced some of the stigma around getting treated for mental health, but I don't think the system is caught up. So you actually have people out there talking about it. You have people raising it with their managers at work, talking to their spouses about it. But the system still hasn't responded appropriately. I think governments are starting to get it. They're investing more and more money. We saw with the health accord negotiations over the last couple of years, increased investments in mental health. You see provinces putting it forward. But the system still is is very much constructed like it was 10, 15 years ago. So I think there was already a crisis on our hands. Some people have called it an anxiety epidemic or a depression epidemic. I think this... This crisis, the COVID crisis, has actually pushed it to the forefront and people are now very expressly concerned about the inability to get support for their mental health issues. So to me, I, I you know, if there's a silver lining to this crisis, I think people now, need, now see the need to uh, rapidly modernize our mental health system. And like I said earlier, I'm hoping things like Stronger Minds is a step in the right direction in terms of pulling a variety of services together and making it easier for the end user or patient.
1: Once again, you can go to mindbeacon.com slash stronger minds for more information on this newly developed program. Joe, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for the insight.
2: Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you having me.
1: Joe Blumley is with Green Shield Canada. And and whether it's Green Shield's uh, Mind Beacon Stronger Minds program or whether it's anything else. Um, the resources are certainly there at your fingertips, I think, and so if you're going through a tough time, or even if you need somebody to chat with for a little bit, you can always text me as well. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Had one texter already say, "Hey, I'm doing great, uh, and thanks for asking." So, hey, I know I'm a part of your afternoon, and I know the morning show feels the same way. Uh, it, we're a familiar voice, and if you feel uh, so inclined to give us a uh, drop us a line, by all means, happy to answer back. Wanted to bring in Lori Nickel, CEO for Second Harvest, to join us because today a $4.5 million announcement made new funding to community, uh, community groups to feed Canadians. And Lori, let's start off with that. How significant is $4.5 million for feeding Canadians?
3: Oh, it's a lot of money and it's required. Um, but, you know, there's about 60,000 organizations across Canada that use food in their programming. So definitely more is going to be needed.
1: Who all do you have in mind for this funding?
3: So funding was given to a, a number of different organizations. So Food Banks Canada got some, and Community Food Centers, Breakfast Clubs of Canada, um, and Salvation Army. And so some of those are membership organizations. Second Harvest and foodrescue.ca are not. We're barrier free. So if you're an organization that does, doesn't belong to one of those members, memberships, then you can access our funding. I'm, I'm really looking for those organizations that often get left behind. You know, they're the small ones or in rural areas um, that aren't associated with a bigger structure. And they're the ones that I believe are are going to need it the most and do need it the most, even in the regular time of the year. So those are the ones we really want to uh, reach out to. And that's what we're doing this week is reaching out to all the corners of Canada, coast to coast, to make sure that we can access those people.
1: How challenging is this particular response? Because typically in a natural disaster, it's pretty easy to figure out who's affected, who's not. Whereas this is a completely different realm because of, you know, the challenges that are facing not only people, but also businesses as well.
3: It's, it's absolutely true. So we know that our social service network has already been under pressure and this will, and has added tremendously to that. So, We're hoping that foodrescue.ca can alleviate some of that strain because you can actually access food through it. You can actually access funding through it. And we do have um, uh, gift cards from Loblaws and their banner stores at a discounted price. So we're doing the best we can to make sure that people can access food. And by people, I mean nonprofits and charities that support people.
1: You mentioned Loblaws. Any others that come to mind in terms of companies that are stepping up and helping out with that food waste aspect of it?
3: You know what? Everybody that has surplus food has been amazing. So Cisco got on that platform and put all of their locations on it right away. Um, We work with every major retailer and um, manufacturers. There's actually been a huge spike in food this past week, which is interesting because restaurants, you would think, Uh, we wouldn't have a lot. But because restaurants were closed and the hospitality industry has taken such a hit, there was all this pre-ordered food. Mm -hmm. And so that food has to find a home now.
1: Do you think this maybe serves as a bit of an opportunity for us going forward once the pandemic is over to realize, hey, there are organizations like this and maybe we can do things maybe just a little bit better?
3: Oh, absolutely. I always think there's an opportunity to learn. And uh, we can learn a lot through this pandemic, um, it's it's tragic it's horrible it's scary for so many people there's so much anxiety um, but just finding out where they all are is one great step so that we can manage the systems better our whole food system needs a reboot
1: are you learning anything through this already
3: oh, i'm learning so much like uh, i honestly i'm so proud to be canadian because everybody has been amazing but you know i'm learning so much from this task force that we coordinated on how to support every kind of organization if you're in the north if you're in the south it's 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 amazing and this collaboration that i think is really wonderful and to be honest a little bit new so that is wonderful for me mm-hmm. and i'm just uh i'm learning a lot honestly like every day is a new adventure because we're having to pivot so quickly on this is how I take food, but now you can't because we can't congregate in a group. So how do we manage? How do we pivot with that? How do we work with our cities better to make sure that everybody is has got a vital role in ensuring that there is food available to everybody that needs it in Canada?
1: If you want to learn more about Food Rescue, you can go to foodrescue.ca. Laurie, thanks so much for joining us on the show this afternoon.
3: Thanks so much for
0: having me. Have a great day.
1: I've been able to take in, I've been really lucky enough and fortunate enough during the course of this show to highlight some of the things that businesses and organizations are doing to kind of change things up in the midst of business not being as usual and wanted to spotlight Alberta Ghostbusters and Dustin Milne joining us from Alberta Ghostbusters. And we've talked to you in the past, Dustin, about a bunch of different things that you've been working on, but you've had, you and your crew have changed things up. Tell us about what you've been up to lately.
0: So myself and a bunch of the other members from the Alberta Ghostbusters have partnered up with uh, Fuse 33 Makerspace, uh, the 501st Badlands Garrison, and the props department from mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we're making medical supplies.
1: Where did this idea all come from?
0: Well, it came from a lot of us being out of work, uh, sitting at home going, we need something to do. Uh, So we started making props and we kind of started a group chat of, hey, what are you making? Hey, what are you making? And then that became, hey, instead of making uh, stormtrooper helmets and proton packs, why don't we make medical supplies and get them out to the healthcare workers? So here we are.
1: What kind of production are you capable of at this point?
0: So (laughs) it's actually kind of crazy. Um, Some of the people have, you know, five or six 3D printers. We've got people with laser cutters and stuff like that. So I know Fuse 33 is kicking out about 1,000 face shields a day. Um, each of us are doing about 100 um, of the ear saver bands a day. And, uh, yeah, there's probably like 10 guys printing those. So we're doing pretty good.
1: What's the buy-in been like from healthcare professionals and others who might be needing what you have?
0: So with actually all the immediate attention we got, we got kind of flooded with messages. Um, not so much the, the frontline trauma centers, but a lot of the other places that are kind of, you know, left out of the mix because all the supplies have to go to the uh, the frontline trauma centers. We got like vets clinics and um, assisted living centers that are all reaching out. Uh, so we actually had to make a form on our website to kind of handle the, uh, the demand.
1: <laughs> Unreal. So how impressed are you, I suppose, in how things have kind of just gradually turned into this new machine that you probably weren't expecting in the initial stages?
0: No. And you know it, It's a weird thing. Like, being a member of the Ghostbusters group, we have members with all sorts of different backgrounds and capabilities and stuff. So it's really, it's a great team to have in a situation like this because everybody has a special skill set that really lends itself to kind of fixing the
2: problem.
1: And obviously, I mean, you guys take a lot of pride in being able to go to, you know, the children's hospital or whatever the case may be to put smiles on, on kids' faces. What does it mean to you to be able to put smiles on uh, other people's faces this time around?
0: well i think right now the big thing is we're seeing a lot of healthcare workers um and they're not getting a lot of love from the government right now with the wage cuts going on so they really are you know some of the frontline heroes for this this event um also like grocery store workers and stuff people that sometimes don't get you know that kind of recognition so it's, it's good to see you know truck drivers and grocery store people and and all that stepping up um in a time of need so it's it's good that we can kind of show some appreciation for that.
1: Even after the pandemic is over, do you see maybe a business opportunity kicking around down the line here too?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I want to go back to making my props at some point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But hey, if all else fails, you've done a really good job here. And uh, Dustin, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for uh, shedding some light on what you guys are up to.
0: Thanks for having me once again. It's always good to be here.
1: Absolutely. And for more information on what the Ghostbusters of Alberta are up to, you can go to albertaghostbusters.ca. I got to say, it has been inspiring to watch a lot of small businesses, entrepreneurs pivot. In any which direction in hopes of helping out their fellow human beings over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic and wanted to sp- uh, spotlight yet another one of those stories here. Derek Rocky is joining us, uh, co-founder of Inspired Go, healthy food delivery startup, was used to doing business um, in downtown Calgary and has changed things up just a little bit. And he joins us now. Derek, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit more about what you've been up to over the last few weeks.
4: Yeah, so our business was doing healthy lunch deliveries to office buildings, and we were doing that all across Calgary. And, you know, obviously office buildings have kind of emptied out and people have started working from home. So we made a pretty quick shift to you know, asking how can we start servicing our customers and delivering these meals to their houses. So, you know, in a matter of a couple of days, we put together a program where we're, you know, offering these build-a-box meal kits, uh, $9 healthy meals. You basically build four or more, and we offer free next-day delivery to homes everywhere in Calgary. Um, and then what happened after we kind of launched that to our customers was a big portion of who we were servicing in offices was Alberta Health Services. And they started sharing their story with us about you know how – this is obviously putting a huge toll on their system and the nurses and the doctors. And so we realized that we could have a bit more of an impact here. So what we're doing is for every box purchase, we're providing a meal to a local healthcare worker that is on the front line of COVID-19.
1: And I understand you've already delivered quite a few meals. Give us a little bit of a sense as to what you've been able to do in, in such a short amount of time.
4: Yeah, we're at uh, 1,200 meals donated and counting. And uh, that's been through a combination of these buy one, give one boxes, but then also just a lot of the Calgary community has stepped up, heard kind of what we're doing. And we've had a few people make uh, larger kind of bulk donations, just buying meals directly for these healthcare workers that we're delivering to.
1: That's got to be something else, especially from the healthcare worker perspective, because they're already bagged from their regular day. And, and to have one less thing on their plate's got to mean a whole lot to them.
4: 100 percent yeah what uh some of the stories that they've been sharing with us are you no know, they're kind of frightening but also just the gratitude that you know they're pouring out to our community and just being able to come home after a 12 or 14 hour shift um to have you know a healthy meal box kind of waiting for them so they don't have to think about it um it definitely has kind of meant a lot to them and just you know showing that Calgary's kind of behind them right now when they're in this very stressful environment. Uh, I think it's just exactly kind of what they need and at least brings a little bit of light to you know, their day and their situation.
1: It's got to be really inspiring as well when you hear from those clients who are, whether it's you know doing the buy one, get one, or going bigger, they've probably got stories of their own they want to tell.
4: Exactly. I think a lot of them... You know have someone that's already in healthcare and has been talking to them and understanding the stress you know that they're bringing home where they're concerned they're contracting the virus when they're at work and they're bringing that home to the family um and so i think that you know a lot of our community just kind of has dove in, in head first and understood that you know yeah we want to kind of support you know what we're doing by you know having a healthy eating habit as a family but i think just staying healthy in general has kind of always been our mission and making that easy for Calgarians. So uh, whether that's, you know, someone's family or if it's these, you know, healthcare practitioners themselves, um, it's been, uh, it's been really cool to see, you know, our community step up.
1: Is there anything else that you're working on sort of in the near future here that maybe we can uh, give a short plug to?
4: Well, right now we're really just focused on trying to make as much impact as we possibly can uh, for know these nurses and doctors um so there's really just two big calls to action for us right now that's if you are a healthcare worker and you'd like to request a care package from us um please do so at inspiredgoca slash healthcare and if you're a calgarian or even a company that wants to help get behind that mission um whether it's through buying a delivery box for you and your family or buying meals directly for these nurses and doctors just go to uh inspiredgo.ca slash Feed the Front
1: Derek, it's a really awesome project you're working on. Thanks so much for shedding a little bit of light on it for the show today. Thank you so much, Joe. All the best. What would Dina Hinshaw do? That's been one of the memes I've seen uh, circulating on social media. And one local business is turning Dr. Hinshaw into a little bit of a fundraising effort as well through their charity T-shirts. Sonny Name joining us from Cedar Grip, an Airdrie-based clothing company. He's got some new swag on sale now, and it's all going to a good cause. Sonny, welcome to the program. Talk us through uh, the initial stages of you building up this uh, promotion and, and this fundraiser.
5: Uh, so, this all started with uh, Dr. Hinshaw. Uh, we were just following her on uh, social media, and uh, we noticed she got the hashtag Alberta trending, or she asked us to use it anyway. And we thought that was just a, a great message to unify the province. Um, and we felt like it really complemented our, our brand, our logo, which essentially stands for strength. Um, And from there, we just, uh, you know, as a business, we felt like we had a social responsibility to step up and do something. And so we felt the shirt from Ranger was just a natural fit for that.
1: I couldn't help but notice that Dr. Hinshaw actually figures pretty prominently on at least one of the T-shirts.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So that one is the Wearing This Together shirt. Um, So that one, and and then we have a Keep Calm and Listen to Dr. Hinshaw shirt. Those two guys, they were designed by a friend in Norway, She has family working in healthcare, just in Red Deer, and she wanted
1: to help, but she wasn't sure where to sell, so we offered our help. What is it about her message that sticks out for you? Well, I think just the two words,
5: Alberta Cares, is just a fantastic message to unify us. Uh, Honestly, I couldn't put it better myself, and it's also just the way she speaks. She's very calm, I find.
1: Now, you said that there's a philanthropic effort on this as well. Walk us through uh, the charities that you're giving the, the proceeds towards.
5: Yeah, for sure. So we have four charities across Alberta. Uh, first one is the Calgary Health Trust, their specific COVID-19 community campaign. Donation for this one, it's going to be uh, providing meals to frontline healthcare workers as well as mental health support. And then we have the Red Deer and District Community Foundation, also their COVID-19 Community Response Fund. Um, this will be used to address the immediate needs for frontline charities in uh, central Alberta. So they'll be working with other funding organizations to ensure the community is well supported and then a little bit up north we have the university hospital foundation that takes care of the edmonton region and donations of that will uh, contribute to emergency needs to support the unexpected expenses basically and then our last one is just the airdrie food bank here in airdrie Uh, because they're our hometown we wanted to support them Um, money for that will be used to they'll, they'll be able to basically purchase exactly the kind of food they need
1: What's it mean to you to be able to contribute to those four organizations like you are?
5: Um, It just makes us feel like we're doing our part as a business. Like I said, that social responsibility was so important for us. Um, And to top it all off, we are going to be matching the donation up to $1,000.
1: What's your main message to those who are listening right now and thinking about, um, you know, what, what the world is, right, where the world is right now and, and some of the things that you've been up to to try to, to to raise some awareness about?
5: I think the best way I can put it is just stay safe and stay sane. Take your, you know, your social distancing seriously and uh, take your mental health even more seriously and basically just try to keep busy.
1: Again, you can go to cedargrip.com for more information on this. Sonny, appreciate your time. Congratulations and kudos on a job well done, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And you can follow them also on Twitter at Cedar Grip for more on uh, this charity campaign. Once again, CedarGrip.com. And if you've got an organization, a charity, a business who is trying to do some good in this world, by all means, drop me a line. You can follow me on Twitter at Calgary today. You can also uh, go to 770CHQR.ca and uh, find the email and everything else that you need to uh, get in touch. shed a little bit of light on a story that came to us via email alicia emailed us and said we're i'm trying to organize some sort of pen pal program for some of those seniors who are feeling isolated right now and so alicia joins us now in the program and give us a little bit more of what you've been working on over the last couple of weeks here alicia
6: well currently i volunteer at uh, a senior facility and they actually started the pen Pal program dedicated directly for their facility um, but being able to go in there and see the seniors and suffer like how they're suffering right now without their friends and family and stuff like that kind of made me think about all the other senior homes in the city and how if one place is getting them and they're enjoying it why can't all of the senior places you know, get pictures and letters and enjoy them as well and hopefully bring some happiness to all the seniors throughout the city.
1: What does it mean to them when they do receive a letter or a craft or whatever the case may be to get that connection back?
6: Um, so far, it's been nothing but happiness. Even the staff are able to see them. And the words that are being said to, like, the residents and the pictures that are being drawn – um, brings a smile and just an extra bit of like hope to all of the seniors is what I would say right now. Is they, they, it's giving them something to hold on to instead of just sitting around and doing nothing.
1: It's got to be a lot similar to, I know when I was a kid, we used to every year do Christmas carols at the local seniors' home. I mean, things like that, even this what feels like the smallest of um, gestures can be really a, a heartwarming and, and uplifting uh, measure.
6: Yes, it really can be. Um, I actually sent a picture of just a bunch of scribbles from one of my cousins, and they absolutely loved it because it's coming from the heart, right? It's, It's not just something that you're doing because you have to. You're doing it because you want to do it, and they love that sort of stuff.
1: So what are you asking from the Calgary community or the Southern Alberta community right now?
6: Right now, I'm just asking for anything that you guys can give. So drawings, um, arts and crafts, letters, anything like that. Just take a picture of it. Send it to me at the email um, provided. Or if you want to actually send stuff in, then just email me directly because I do have, like, given the circumstances with the virus and everything going on, we're trying to take precautions and making sure that the residents are safe. So anything that does want to be sent through the mail, I'm going to have them, anybody send it to me directly so that I can hold on to it and ensure that the virus doesn't exist on it before I pass it on. And
1: that's got to be a, a great piece of why technology can be important in a, in a situation like this as well as even just taking a picture with your cell phone, emailing it to you and you being able to connect it to uh, a senior's home that might be able to pass it along to some of their members. I mean, that, that's got to be in and of itself just a, a, a cool aspect of technology now.
6: Yeah, it really is. And some of the residents like um, are also getting the emails directly sent to them, like the ones that know how to use technology. And some are even like the staff are printing them off for the residents and actually providing a copy to all of the residents so that they can keep it in their room and actually look at it and and stuff like that. So it's actually a really kind of nice how technology is advanced and we're able to do that sort of stuff when the circumstances arise that we need to.
1: And I know that we talk a lot about family members not being able to go and chat with uh, their loved ones in seniors homes, but I know that there are a lot of seniors as well that don't have those family members. And so even someone who doesn't have those connections now all of a sudden has that new connection and can smile about someone that uh, they, they believe that they've been thought of now.
6: Yeah. And that's very true. Um, A lot of the seniors, their families are too busy to go and visit and um, it's, unfortunately some just don't really care um, so to be able to provide them with just a small gesture saying that you know what we we do care about you we know that you exist and and we hope that you're you know you're okay is something that really, kind of hits my heart
1: (laughs) that is fantastic well if you want to get involved in this say over the weekend for example you can email penpalcovid at outlook.com alicia thank you so much for joining us on the show this afternoon
6: yeah no problem thank you for having me again
1: thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the show this week and again thanks to all of you for listening If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider of choice. Special thanks to executive producer Mike Tarasco for helping put the show together each day and technical producer Matt Ayer for his editing expertise. Again, wishing you all the best. Stay safe and we will see you again next time on the Calgary Today podcast. I'll leave you now with that aforementioned letter to my family's little lad or lassie that I read on air Thursday. Nugget. It's hard to believe that we're more than halfway through your time in Mama's belly, 23 weeks now, and counting. I know you don't know this yet, but things have changed in our world dramatically since you first started occupying our thoughts, and in my wife's case, her body. One day, when you're much older, we'll try to explain exactly what has been happening we're taking every imaginable step to make sure you remain safe in there we've changed our plans a million times to celebrate some of the milestones we've reached with you and promise you that we will do everything in our power to continue to do that as the days weeks and months go on you sure seem to be an active one lately every day your mom is feeling you more and more as you roll around and try to stay comfortable or like the other night where we think you were reaching for the ice cream that mom was having. And I want to thank you for making your presence felt literally for me a couple of nights ago. Mom felt you moving around and grabbed my hand and put it on her belly. I pushed down ever so slightly, and I could feel you kick a couple of times. It sent shivers down my spine and shockwaves through my heart. In a world that is so full of anxiety, confusion, uncertainty, and frustration, you and your mama provide me with love and positivity. Both of you help put this world into perspective and make me dream about the future. You have so many people who can't wait to meet you, including Grandma and Grandpa McFarland, Grandma White, your aunts and uncles, and so many friends. I hope you're ready for all the love in the world from the greatest support system ever. Keep on moving, little one. Keep letting us know that you're doing all right, and I can't wait to read you another book tonight. Love, Dad.